Hello, and welcome to Series 3, Episode 9 of the Haiku P Podcast. I'm Patricia, and I regularly put together and host this podcast. But today, today I'm joined by Hifsa Ashra, all the way from Pakistan, who's going to give us a reading of three of her monoku, along with a commentary about her thought process. Sadly, by the time you listen to this, it'll be too late for you to become inspired by her work and to submit to the Haiku P podcast Monoku episode, which comes out on the 18th of May. But if she inspires you to try your hand at writing Monoku, I'm sure we'll both be delighted. Of course, that's not all I have for you this week. I want to start looking at the feedback that I've had on the last few podcasts, in which I've been talking about the essence or the heart of Haiku. I'm not going to get through it all today, so perhaps I'll do a few feedback podcasts throughout the year, so I can address not only the feedback from those podcasts, but maybe from future podcasts. So keep the feedback coming. You know how I enjoy getting your feedback, whether you agree with me or not. And of course, I want to keep you up to date with our progress on the Renku. Thanks to the hard work and genius of some of our fellow poets, I have a few more verses to offer you. If you'd like to join in with the Renku, just let me know. There's always room for more poets. Last, and definitely not least, big news. Finally, the first edition of the Poetry P Journal is out and available on Amazon. Naturally, there's a link in the show notes. As I said, I've had quite a bit of feedback on the essence sequence of podcasts. The main areas of feedback seem to be rules and form, the aha moment, and imagery. And today I'd just like to talk about rules and form. Shane wrote to me about something I find extremely annoying. He expressed it in terms of lumpers and splitters. Lumpers being people who lump things together despite seeming differences, and splitters, people who split groups of reasonable sameness based on sometimes trivial features. He used Twitter as an example, but he could have used any social media platform. Facebook or Instagram, for example, where, as he says, you'll find all sorts of three-lined, or less, poems that are, even by the most liberal definitions, not haiku, nor senryu, all lumped together. I know what he means. These poems, for haiku they are not, don't adhere to any of the basic principles of haiku, nor have they the subtle nuances of the craft. For example, they don't have seasonal words or cuts, or their phrasing will be all over the place. When I read them, purporting to be haiku, I try and take a deep breath and channel my inner Mark Gilbert, who once advised me to basically chill. But it's very, very hard. I'm not going to quote any examples of the non-haiku, because that would be grossly unfair. As I said in the previous Haiku P podcast, I think some of the blame has to be laid on the doorstep of our education systems. Did I tell you that I bumped into one of my daughter's teachers at the shops? We had a long old chat, and I asked him why, when he was teaching my daughter about Haiku, and through her also teaching me, he'd only concentrated on the 17-syllable 575 form. To which he replied because that's all the teaching manuals tell you. 
Anything I've ever read about haiku has told me that those are the rules. I don't know any different. I expect he's not the only teacher who has not explored haiku in its fullest forms. So how do you feel when you trawl through social media and come upon the non-haiku? Are you happy to be a lumper and leave them there under the heading haiku? Or are you a splitter who wants to shout, No, 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 micro-poem you might be, but haiku thou art not. I think you probably know which side I'm on. Anyway, I'm glad I got that off my chest. Thank you to Shane for giving me the opening to have a bit of a rant. Much appreciated. Now I mentioned Mark Gilbert. Whenever I'm having that internal rant, I always think of him and wonder, what would Mark say? I wasn't disappointed, because of course, he did send me some feedback. In his feedback, he briefly covered the topic I've been talking about, but he also gave me some feedback about my interpretation of Bashu's Summer Grasses haiku. I think I'll come back to the latter feedback in a later podcast, because it's quite complicated, raises quite a few other issues we can all start thinking about, and as well as Mark, a number of you wanted to discuss further the idea of the moment, imagery and interpretation, and so we will. Wayne Kingston suggests a forum or a survey. And Wayne, if I can figure out how to create a survey and some relevant questions, I'll send it to those of you on the mailing list. If you'd like to be on the list, you can sign up on the Poetry P website. And so to return to the idea of lumpers and splitters, rules and form. Should there be rules or not? Do rules help or hinder creativity? Mark suggests if I read him right, that rules could be helpful, not just to create, but also to push against and evolve the genre. He uses the example of a sonnet and says, if I decide to write a sonnet, for example, I can look up what a sonnet is, the history and the variations of the form, see examples and the way that people have pushed the rules in many directions and continue to do so. I don't have to worry about what subject matter to choose, or what sort of words it should or shouldn't use. Mark suggests that this leads to a more diverse sonnet community, if such a thing exists. If you're interested, I found an article which does describe the evolution of a sonnet. The link will be on the show notes. There have been a number of variations throughout the years. But I think that there has always been a structure to it, a basic structure, a framework on which the sonnet grows. In a haiku context, what would be the basic framework around which we write our verses? I think my argument would be that we have to understand what it is that makes a haiku, the spirit or the essence of it, because the haiku has moved on from a basic framework or form. There are so many ways to write a haiku. Three lines, two lines, monoku, single words. And then, of course... The senryu. So I think form no longer works as a framework, which is why I was trying to get a list going of things that Wayne calls haiku essentials, things that matter when you're writing haiku. What does distinguish it from another form of poetry? And yes, I do regard haiku and senryu as poetry. Do you? So this is why I love feedback. Thanks to all of you for taking time to send me emails. It gives me so much to think about, and I'd welcome any thoughts you might have on rules, form, essentials. 
just email me. So now we've come to the Renku. My thanks to the following poets for their contributions. Paddy White, Wendy C. Bilek, James Young, Robert Horobin, Pat Geyer, Giddy Nielsen-Sweep, Jonathan Roman, Nikki Gutierrez, Hemapriya Chalapan, and Ian Speed. To find out who wrote each of the verses, just have a look at the show notes. Beggar, palms up, facing the sun. A passing dog smells the soles of his shoes. Immigrants' dreams in cement, standing. Rain clouds gathering, no bed at the hostel. Stone epitaphs. My tomb is bigger than yours. All are dead. Gargoyles grin as they piss on the fallen. Seeing his breath, only the living can feel the cold. A ray of light, rage thaws the frost. Moonlight calm sets daylight frenzy, dawn chorus. Butcher bird sings the morning in, I'm no longer alone. Slow day, the peach tree blooms in his cup. The rhythm of coins determines his future. The stars unseen this city night. This windy darkness, a plastic bag floats even higher. The moon can't reverse a rising tide. Just before sunrise, she catches only one fish. I hope you're enjoying the Renku so far, and of course there'll be more in episode 11. I'd welcome any poet who wants to join in and write some verses for us. Just drop me an email. Now we probably all know Hifsa, but have you heard her voice? For our pleasure, I would like to introduce a reading by Hifsa Ashraf. You won't find her commentary in the show notes, but you will be able to read her monoku. Hi there and salam. I hope everyone is feeling well and self-isolating as this is important. This is my first recording of haiku poetry and I must thank uh, Patricia for the encouragement. I've written three monoku about my deep feelings of self-isolation as I feel being a part of this world. I'm also influenced by this pandemic, both emotionally and mentally. My first haiku is about uh, the lockdown where I feel I am in self-imprisonment. Though this haiku is inspired by the lockdown in Kashmir, where people are suffering due to hunger, torture and mental health issues. So let me first read this haiku and then I will share my thoughts about it. Evening wind, the fence wire collapsing the stars. Evening wind, the fence wire collapsing the stars. I always observe the various aspects of nature very closely because it it inspires me deeply. Evening wind is therapeutic when I feel I'm down or tired of my daily work routine and it suits me when I want to meditate in an open place after having a busy day. 
In this context, evening wind carries the invisible particles that are poisonous, maybe due to coronavirus, that influence my thoughts, my creativity, and even my feelings. I feel as if I am in prison, where I cannot use my freedom of expression. I cannot make constellation with stars. That is my hobby, and I cannot even share my feelings. In this monocle, the fence wire symbolizes the circumstances around me that are really disturbing due to some bitter realities and chaos we are living in. My second haiku is about my favorite theme, that is shadow. I've written many monocle and haiku about shadow and even about darkness. So this one I shared on Twitter when Nicholas asked. to share a haiku about this pandemic so here it is self isolating my shadow in the dark self isolating my shadow in the dark so this is my first experience of self isolation for this long and uh, i'm still not ready to accept it or maybe i need more time to get adjusted to the new normal i feel as if this uh, self isolation has taken away my urge to write as nothing as inspires me these days i feel myself in the dark all the time as there is no way of doing catharsis a ways to dig out myself and bring out some unknown feelings on the surface yes it is difficult but it is a different experience of my life My third haiku is about coronavirus as uh, we have been hearing this uh, word more than a month and uh, ironically we still can't see it it seems like it is everywhere and uh, we are in a constant fear of contracting it so my haiku is invisible enemy lurking through both sides of the window invisible enemy lurking through both sides of the window being an invisible enemy who attacks us but doesn't show its identity is more disturbing both physically and mentally we are in a constant fear of contracting it no matter how careful we are both sides of the window are more like my inner feelings my inner self and my surroundings that make me uncertain and suspicious about the current circumstances and i feel as if i am being watched by this invisible virus and uh, this is not less than a nightmare so here are my three monoku about covid-19 i hope you will like it please don't forget to share your views about my thoughts and about my asian accent thank you so much My thanks to Hifsa for reading to us this week. If you enjoy it, let her know she's on Twitter, or you can send me an email and I'll forward it to her. And if you fancy doing a five-minute reading for the podcast, just let me know. We can discuss the verses you'd like to read and how to go about it, and take it from there. I think it adds another dimension. What do you think? Thank you so much, Hifsa.
And before I end the podcast, I promise to let you know how to buy the Spring Journal. It's on Amazon. That was just the easiest way for me to produce it. And there are links in the show notes. Now it's out. Do you think you'd do me a huge favour and just write a little blurb in the review section? I'd be eternally grateful. And as a last point, Christina was asking me what was going on with the children's anthology. Well, I'm just a little bit behind, so watch this space. Thank you as always for coming along and listening to the podcast, for all your feedback and all the poetry you submit for the topics. I'm so grateful for all of that and for the support you've given me for the PTV moments on YouTube. If you haven't tried them, watch them. You'll find them on the Poetry P website as well as on YouTube. But for now, till next time, keep writing. I think I've put all the links on the show notes, but if there's something missing or something extra that you'd like to know about, just email me and I'll sort it out for you. Ciao.